Hello and good day to you, podcast listener. What if they're listening <laughs> together, Danny? What, a group listen? A group listen? There's a group listen. Well, if, 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 if you're in a group listening, <laughs> bless you. Thank Even you. better. Thank you for downloading the UK Scriptwriters podcast with moi, Danny Stack. And myself, Tim Clay. Tim Clay on my left. And yeah. we've been doing this now for quite a few... Over two years ...episodes. Now. So, yeah, we're well over a couple so of years. if this is your first time, thank you, but go to our website and you can check out all the previous episodes. We meet once a month to talk about the UK scriptwriting scene, the global scriptwriting scene, really. Um, we're a couple of modestly successful screenwriters, but we love everything to do with screenwriting. We like to geek out and chat. Uh, Tim's a BAFTA-nominated filmmaker. Uh, yeah, but you're more of a doer. Like, in fact, you get paid for more writing than I, I do, Daddy. I do, a lot of, <laughs> I do a lot of TV writing gigs, like for yes. kids' shows and EastEnders, and um, we both do our short films uh, and things like that. In fact, we could launch straight into that because my award-winning short film, mm. Origin... What award did you win? I won Best Horror Short at the London Independent Film Festival. Brilliant. 2012. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. And now the film's online for free for everybody to see. Mm. So if you'd like to check it out, it's a supernatural thriller. It's 14 minutes long. It's got professional actors that you might even recognise. Uh, Lee Ross, Katie Carmichael. Uh, from TV, really, but, you know, people might still... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so the website is origin-short-film.co.uk. Uh, so yeah, do check that out because I'm very excited now that it's online for everybody to see. We were just talking about this before, um, listeners. Um, the fact that it takes a while for your film to get to this stage. So Danny made this film quite a long time ago, made, yeah. and it's only online now. Now that's not because he's got a slow upload speed, or is technically incompetent. Well, he is technically incompetent, I but it's am. not for that reason. Um, uh, the reason is, just to sort of fill you in if you don't know, is a lot of the festivals um, across the world, and it is a sort of global festival circuit, you yes. know, these days, a lot of the festivals around the world sort of uh, it stipulate that you can't have, have got your film online. You might, you can have maybe, say, you, say you're entering um, Cannes. Short, which has a short film uh, category, not the short film corner, the actual That's festival. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you, 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 when you enter, you're allowed to have say had it maybe shown at a festival in the UK or maybe shown on UK only TV, but not shown on France TV, and therefore kind of on It has to be a premiere. Premiere for the country. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, the internet is counted as being seen in France because you could look at it from yeah, France. Yeah. So. Um, that is why you kind of, you hold your film back from the internet yes. as long as possible. And then... Unless you just want to put it up there anyway, sod it. Sod it, obviously. If you, if, yeah, obviously. But, if you're not interested in entering, you don't need to worry about yeah, the rules. because some festivals are quite relaxed about it. So it all depends on your ambition and reach of what Indeed. you want to do. But patience is, I think, is a virtue. Yes. I mean, no one, your films, unless it's a very, very topical thing... Film's not going to go out of date, so better to do any festival things that you want. And then after that, of course, let's get it online so that we can, you know, enjoy that and share it. And, and get more and... industry interest. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's, that's what Danny's done. It's something to keep in mind because it could slip you up if you hadn't thought about it. Is it, it slipped me up? Which I won't mention the name of it on the on the podcast. What, your film? But no, my what a previous one um, has been... Uh, I've fallen foul of this, folks. 
you know, did get rejected because it had been seen online. So it's not like an empty threat. They do check these things. Mm. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on that. I've got another another short part of my point of view uh, phase that I'm going through. There's a nice point of view short, nice drama in there. Quite experimental in a number of ways. So a little in interest. People would want to see it, I think, and check it out and think about the writing and directing of such an unusual technique, all from one character's point of view. But I can't share that with people yet because it's currently, yes. it's only just started going out. So, um, you know, it'll be quite a few months yet before I can I can uh, share that more openly. But whatever, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Um, picking up on the short film theme is our roundabout way of leading us into screenwriting yeah, official news. Official not, news. Not, new, not news about you. Not me. news about us, which, you know, we've bored you with, and thank you for putting up with it. <laughs> um, but some exciting short film news that we got from our good friend in Canada and number one listener, Gwyn Davey. Yeah. Uh, she, she sends us stuff. She's, right? I'm looking at it now. Folks. She just sent us the program for this year's Sun, uh, Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. I think Gwyn is involved as a volunteer or something like that. So, many um, films, so, so many films. thank you, Gwyn, for sending that through. But she also sent us through details of Sundance London, and they're having a short film competition this year. Yeah. Um, and you have to set, submit a short film, like a one you've made. Right, so not a script. Not a script. So be a film. A film that you've made, but under the theme or subject of time. And you can check out more details about that online, and we'll put the link on our various... Sites yeah, I'll just search. Have a search. Or Sundance London. Sundance London short, short film competition. Uh, so that looks pretty exciting, actually. Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think any competition's good. I've got a bit... There's quite a few different things now, Danny, that's um, uh, for features like uh, one group that's affiliated with Forrest Whitaker. I was checking them out. I oh, think they've been around a while. Yeah. Do you know about them? Yeah. So you kind of upload your idea and then eventually they'll make a few. And there's quite a few of these. And um, part of me says that's really good. Another part of me says there's a danger that you get drawn into a lot of work for not much return yeah. on some of them uh but not not i'm not including that in it because obviously you've got your film you're going to enter it and yeah. they're going to decide so that's easy there has been some competitions i've seen that are around like drink sponsors or something yeah like, enter the vodka yeah special short film competition yeah and it's all of the benefit of the vodka company it's a free really, advert. and it's just a free advert yeah but at the same time the prize is quite good yeah there's usually good money involved and, and, but, and but how many people are going to enter but you know? how much time and how much effort are you going to put in to actually and then do the, all that? Uh, or similarly like the empire magazine do a kind of re a, a sort of a viably type thing where you must remake a famous film mm -hmm. in in a minute oh yeah yeah so you know you can do that but again Film four had scene stealers, or is that the same, same, same sort of same thing? thing? If not the same thing, maybe with two two uh, benefactors behind it. I worry a little bit about those because they, they, I think that those aren't really scene see I think they're a bit of fun, mm -hmm. but I think if you're a serious industry bod um, in your ambition, I don't know if that's going to get you anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a thing for your CV that will that will really kind of stand out, unless and I've only got one proviso. You, you're interested in comedy sketches. Oh yeah. I think then that's a that's a big plus. But if you're more like a filmmaker, serious filmmaker, wants to do your own work, I don't think that that is that is for you. Mm -hmm. do, you do you know what I mean? I do. I do. Anyway, uh, last time 
Oh no, let's do this next. Oh, a bit of sad news, or a bit of bad news, I think, anyway. Uh, it's the BBC Writers' Academy, which is a scheme every year the BBC do to kind of enlist and train up and support TV writers for their flagship soaps, Holby, Casualty, EastEnders and Doctors. Uh, it's a great scheme that has launched quite a few careers now because it's been running since 2005 mm. to good success. But because it was run and invented by John York, the BBC exec, he's now left to go to company pictures as head of drama there or head of whatever. So that means nobody mm. at the BBC is kind of, it, it's nobody's baby anymore. Yeah. And so they, de they decided to close it down. So there'll be no BBC Writers Academy this year. Disappointing news, I think, for everyone. They will be reverting to the shadow schemes and the BBC Writers Room uh, as normal, really, to find uh, the new writers. And I think that's bad because I think it just creates more of a bottleneck. Well, do you think that that yeah bottleneck, Danny? I was what I was I was going to ask you as more of a TV person, but I can see that there's an almost like a career ladder gap. There's a lot of writers around, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of good writers, but beginner writers, not even beginners, unproven writers with a lot of talent around. Now, BBC, to be fair, compared to twenty years ago, doesn't really make much, anyway. So if you're interested in writing for any of the serial dramas, um, any of the episodic stuff, those are all done by different production companies, Kudos, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I guess, I'm guessing that those guys were being a bit, bit sitting on their asses doing nothing and waiting for people to come out of maybe the Writers' Academy. Now, they've got, now they're not going to do that. Mm. Where are they going to find the new up-and-coming people? Is there a little gap there? Because they're not going to run their own sort of trainee or apprenticeship schemes are they or some of these i mean shine and those guys probably could though but they've got enough muscle to do it but are they gonna well i will go back to the normal procedure i would imagine of just you know agents sending scripts in mm. and people reading them liking them meeting the writers but there's a, is there not still a gap there for agents because almost like you've got a lot of writers on the way up how do you know who you should be maybe focusing on when everyone will just reach pretty much a sort of a level playing field ceiling well, real quick. You well, know? you bring up a good point, actually, in terms of this is why the industry responds to people who win awards. Mm. You go, well, he's won. He's, mm. She's hot. As in yeah. hot talent. Yeah. <laughs> she's not just attractive. I wasn't being sexist. <laughs> um, so we'll have, we'll have them. We'll use them. Yeah. Uh, because they've just been runner-up in Red, Red Planet Prize. Yeah. Not even won it. it they've, you know, yeah. like... Like, yes. like Niche said at the Screenwriters Festival, if you reach the top 10 mm. of Red Planet Prize, that's out of 2,000 people. Yeah. You're, yeah. I'm going to be interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the industry is a little bit passive in that regard. Mm. It goes, okay, Tim, you were nominated for a BAFTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably had a shed load of meetings. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But you, you were the same person without that BAFTA and the yeah, same yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah. But the industry doesn't know that. Yeah. And, even, and they don't even trust themselves to read your script. And go. I think it's good. Yeah. But is it better than yeah John Smith's? Yeah. Just, Which it probably isn't. Yeah. To be fair. But just actually, be, you know, just because I, somebody said, "Oh, he won the Gerwood Prize." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, well, he's the guy for me then. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Red Planet Prize is still going. Yeah. And there's an issue with Danny really for doing that because it's, it's all because they used to be the Screen International. Um, that was the best thing ever. The Oscar Moore. Yeah. That's it, Oscar yeah. Moore, and. Um, 
And now in the UK, obviously you've still got the final draft, big break competition yeah. and Scriptapalooza and those American ones. But in the UK really now, I mean, from what we're discussing, it's almost just that Red Planet prize sitting out there on its own almost. Yeah, well, especially in the way that it's done. Yeah, I mean, at a serious level for serious writers that are, that, that are up for doing serious work yeah. with a serious reward yeah. of more work. Exactly. Not of, not, of, not, of a, not of cash prize necessarily, but of more, an opportunity Mentorship for Mentorship and, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. and kudos are involved now, kudos yeah. productions. And so it's, it's become, it's, it's building, I think. It's getting bigger and better, but it does, it's, you know, I, I don't think there'll be any news on this year's competition for a little bit, just in terms of, you know, taking a breath from... You know, it is hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. It, it takes up time and resources. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but we, you know, it is happening, and it is going to be happening again this year. But no news as yet. Good. Not um, idea so, but yeah. So, if no no writers academy, so there's no. I think that's. I I do things a shame. I spoke to an exec about this, and he was just saying. I think it's. A, he said it. It was a good thing that it was gone, because there's not one way to teach screenwriting, or not. There's not one way yeah, to. Yeah, true. And it, it, he made a. I, I Fair can see point, that. I, I can see that. I can but see it was, that. It's, I think that kind of thing is maligned, though, in terms of they're not just teaching one way. They're teaching a, a way for sure. I'd, well, the point is, I'd, I'd sort of agree with him if there was a multitude of other ways. Mm. But, what you know, is none better than one? Mm. I'd rather there was ten. Ten different ways to crack break in, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, there's no ways. Yeah. But, official but, ways, you know. But I think the more you know as a screenwriter, the more you kind of swat up and, and when you write yourself, mm. it doesn't matter if it's three-act structure, five-act structure, 22-step mm. structure, whatever yeah. the hell you've embraced. Yeah. It's all the same thing. <laughs> shh, shh, don't say that. I mean, you know, <laughs> you've taken away a lot of people's money with that sort of talk. Now, um, I just want to follow up on something that we talked about uh, last time which was um, time management. And um, we talked about, you know, putting aside some time. I just want to tell people... That was the get... last podcast, wasn't it? We I mean, it was the last that. podcast, yeah. It was the last podcast. When we were at 5 a.m. at the airport. Yeah, yeah. and, I was, and uh, anyway, so the point is, folks, uh, uh, February, I've cleared the diary. I'm spending that on those new ideas. So, I've done, I've, you know, it can be done. Yes. And I'm doing it, so that's but, that. But what kind of situation has led for you to actually clear the decks for February? Presumably, what do you mean? Presumably you can pay what? the bills. Yeah. Yes. So not, not everybody can just go, right, February's mine. Oh, no, but I have saved up for it. <laughs> Good. That's what I'm saying. Just let's so let's I'm clarify. Saying, I've planned that rather, and I've saved up for it. Rather than and, uh, and, and obviously I could do other stuff and just keep that money I've saved for myself and buy a big telly or something, mm. but I'm not. I'm investing in myself, Danny. Yes. Well, a friend of ours has gone foreign he's gone away well this is what we talked about last time don't go over that oh again. did we, did we say this that? is what the whole thing was oh, forget so it early in the morning i can't remember right this is friday afternoon now as we speak which is much more tolerable boring uh, i preferred the 5 a.m let's move on to let's move on to writers questions writers questions readers mail <laughs> <laughs> yes readers mail uh, on, on the twitter really on the twitter keeping keep keep sending in um Keep sending in stuff. Because people well, are too lazy to email. We, <laughs> to be fair, short and sharp, we, we, we do reply to some of them, don't we? We can kind of write those up pretty well, we quick. we should reply to all of them. Uh, yeah, but some of them are lengthy and oh, right, okay. deserve a discussion. I'm sure and we, some are yes-nos. I, hope, knows, I hope we acknowledge everybody who contacts well, us. We'll try to. We'll I'm, try sure to. Not, I'm sure there'll be people. But thank you. Do contact us because it's good to know that people are out there. 
Let's, let's, let's start with this kind of comedy, slight comedy question from Phil Barron. Phil the Ginger Barron. Mainly, mainly comedy because we know him and he, we, we can picture him asking it, of course. But he's, he said, do you think it's a bit of a shame with HMV gone and those kind of places? And will um, That, uh, you know, if you've got a film out, if you've got some sort of success, you can't go into the shop and see it on the shelves. Yeah, now, and, and put it in, take it out of the bargain bin and put it on the proper... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's that, isn't there? There's that, maybe it's for the best. Um... I've I've uh, had some laughs with that. Tim's I've got an anecdote here. I'll just I'll just. I've got two. I've got oh, two. Oh, here we go. I've 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 gone in and seen my own name on on the shelf in HMV on the Cinema Sixteen disc. Oh yeah. And also, I went with the guys from Small Town Folk. We went into actually HMV, right. um, but the girl behind the counter wouldn't believe that <laughs> that those were the guys that had directed it and produced it and everything. Um, so was it a HMV in London? No, HMV Bournemouth. Oh, <laughs> it was such glamour. And I don't think they can't, it doesn't happen often yes. in Bournemouth. So she just sort of looked, of course, these are the guys, these are the guys. And she's just like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. You're not, you're not getting a free DVD. Whatever, I don't know what they want. I don't know what, she didn't want anything. Anyway, whatever. So, so that was exciting. That was genuinely exciting to go into a shop and a HMV of that status. It was um, when exciting, it exciting's a big word. Bit of a stretch. I would say... But the it, fact that it was in HMV, though. It was funny. It was funny to do, and it was a silly thing to do, mm. and it was something unusual, and it made it feel real. Because, obviously, like, if something's online, we saw everything's online. Well, it, you know it, what I mean? You're cat, the cat... that my, my, my rabbit playing with a snowball was online. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, let's take for, for an example, right? Say if you do your low-budget feature. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't go DVD, HMV. It goes right. it goes Netflix. Yeah. And so it ends up just a quick title and a quick summary, quick quick logline. Somebody yeah. scrolling through. Yeah. Going this by Tim Clay. I'll be happy with some Netflix. loser slips on a banana and yeah. ends up the next Prince of Denmark. Okay. And you just think, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not even looking at a cover. No, you're you just, do. They don't. You get a little picture, don't you? You might have a little you thumbnail. Get, you get a thumbnail. Yeah. And, and some reviews they'll go one well, star to four star. You know, but in some ways, mate, that's a better experience for an audience than going to HMV where you're just flicking through the top, you know, when they stack them one behind each other. Mm. So you're flicking through. All you can see is the top quarter of the DVD anyway. Who thought of this up, right? Top quarter. Of the, so if the great bit of the picture's at the bottom, no one ever sees it because they're just flicking through. Uh, and you did no reviews. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, um, in that way, I'd be happy with Netflix, mate. I think it's just some... I'd be happy with Amazon. and You know, it's quite cool. I think it is a bit of a shame that there's not somewhere to go and see it. But, you know, really, the cinema is the place that you'd want to you'd want to have a collective experience to go and see it anyway, isn't it? Yeah. That would be ten times cooler than HMV. Well, regardless of the closure of HMV, DVDs will be a thing of the past pretty sh soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Pretty uh, soon. So, yeah, you won't, it'll be quick, it'll be reading like Netflix. Yeah. Just a thumbnail picture. Yeah. What's the premise? Has yeah. it got any stars? Yeah. As in reviews? Yeah. But, you know, maybe. Does it have anybody in it that I recognise? But we shouldn't feel nostalgic about. I'm not feeling nostalgic, I'm just feeling. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't care less to do it. Well, I think that's, in some ways, I think that's right, though. There's a lot of people bemoaning it, but I think in, 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 when we look back, we'll see that as a weird blip. When you had to go to the shop and and, and uh, buy something that was essentially intangible. I mean, yeah. it doesn't make sense. The film's what matters, Danny. 
Five for thirty pounds. I used to do them quite a lot. Yeah, they're good. But you know, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's the film that matters, not how you get hold of it and yeah. the shop and all this kind of stuff. Are we going to the cinema to see it? That's an experience. Going to HMV and an experience. It's just a retail opportunity to get hold of something. So I'm not. I don't have that weird attachment to it. I mean, I remember before you could buy VHSs. Mm -hmm. So I've got an episode because I've got every ep issue of Empire since issue three. Right? Yeah. And uh, I might, maybe I'll dig it out and scan or take a picture or something for the cover of this if I can find it. But I've got, a, a, you know, I remember it well, which is when they were talking about you can now buy VHSs with films on. <laughs> this is a big new thing. Yeah. Sell through, they called it. Because up to this that This would have been what, 92 or something? Earlier. Earlier, late oh, 80s. Oh, all right. I think. 90, 90? 90. I've got, certainly I've got an issue that says, hey, it's 1990 on it mm. in Empire. Anyway, um, Jack Nicholson on the front. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and they made a big thing out of that because up to that point you could only rent because getting a VHS with Witches of Eastwick on it or uh -huh. something <laughs> was, uh, you know, was 30, 40 quid. But that's then suddenly, right. suddenly it was like eight ninety nine. That's right. They were a ridiculous price. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know you might be able to get you might be able to get hold of it. Mm. So you know in some ways it's not a thing to feel. Oh, isn't it a tragic age? I mean the whole thing grew and has died in twenty years. Mm. So it's not like a long standing tradition that we're losing, which we might feel more nostalgia about newspapers. And also H and V elbowed a lot of indie stores out of the way anyway when they exactly took over. yeah so exactly like gingers in Marlborough when I was growing <laughs> up. You know what I mean. <laughs> Ginger's video rental, you know. Oh, I thought you meant ginger, gingerhead people. Especially because of Phil. Phil no, that was, our ginger, that was the name friend. of the video shop. That was the name of the video ginger shop. Video shop. Well, no one cares about this. Let's move on. Yes. Why are we talking about this? Phil, you see what you've done with your question? I knew it was a silly question. As soon as I saw Phil's name, well, I knew we shouldn't have even answered it. But there you go. Right, Graham Willett's written in. He wants to talk about the process for making great characters. How do you, how do, you do that and um, how do you know when you've done it? I like the second part of that better, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's how you measure yourself. Well, this, this is an interesting one, actually, because when you go to screenwriting school, in terms of doing an MA or a degree or something, a lot of the tutors will tell you, do full character bios of your characters mm. from birth to mm, yeah. story right because you need to know everything about yeah them. um and it's it's you can see why it's kind of generally kind of a good approach but to me it, i never really needed to know all of that well there's a danger in it danny and the danger of course is that you somehow you try and get that in mm. when it doesn't matter so you know you write something interesting about um character growing up you know they had a brother um, you know, who is disappeared. And so you then feel obliged to somehow get that in when it might not matter. But you think it's interesting about the character. Well, this is... But, but, you know, but you know what I mean? You're trying to shoe on suddenly stuff in that no one cares about. Well, sometimes in series Bibles, for example, that you'll get a quick bio of the character. But if there's detail in there that's not applicable to the premise mm. or the story, I'm wondering why? why is he the most... Funniest guy in the room, or yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. he's lost his brother in a drowning accident when he mm. was twelve. So why isn't that applicable to how he's feeling in the yeah. story? Kind of yeah, thing? Um, but not just in terms of shoehorning it in. In mm. terms of that, that should be the writer's goal. In terms of yeah, but it's his brother's death that's going to be the catalyst for mm. you know. 
Um, I tend to go and I tend to because uh, anyway. So we're saying probably saying the same thing is that we're not. We don't feel that that is always the way. I don't to go. do exhaustive bios. No, but what I like to do is more think about attitudes mm-hmm. and behaviours. Yeah, and um, so as you. As you know, Danny, and a lot of the listeners will know, I've done a lot of videos for different companies and so on, where there might be a lot of work gone into behaviours and characters, as in maybe customer types. Yeah. So let's let's do some little short scenes, could be comedy scenes, different customers coming in, what might they be like? Mm-hmm. So when you actually get into doing that sort of thing, you realise actually there's a lot of different techniques and ways of sort of subdividing people up into behaviours. You know, people have done a lot of work on this, psychology work and so on. But I tend to take that approach with it. Yeah. You know, what? how detail-conscious is this person? So it doesn't matter why particularly. It doesn't matter that, that, that they got... You don't have to include the fact that they got A-level statistical maths or something. Mm. But that doesn't matter. But the fact that they're a detail-conscious person that loves the kind of facts and figures to the point of view where they'd prefer a spreadsheet to a picture, like, that is, to me, all I need to know, in yeah. a way, to get that kind of off... Off, uh, and, and running and, and, and all those different things and I think um, what I like to do is almost ask myself questions about the character so what would this character do in this situation that might not be in the script doesn't matter um, and or also um, asking sort of questions of the character yeah. Like I'm interviewing them. I exactly. suppose that's what I mean. Yeah, now, only in my mind. Are good, yeah. So, yeah, so sort of only in my mind. I don't do that as a formal document always, but I'm just trying to find my way around that, yeah. you know, that, that, that character and, and flesh them out a little bit. Yeah. But I think those behaviours and attitudes to me are more important than a bio because a bio still needs that interpretation, I feel. Mm. You know, and, and if I did a bio of you as a real person, I don't know if that would give me the insight no. As to actually sitting down with you and asking you, you know, Danny, how do you feel about mm-hmm. whatever, the fact you've got to do your tax return? Do you enjoy that or not enjoy yeah, it? Rubbish. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, here's an exercise if you want to take it for further, Graham, and other people interested in this area, is um, do a beat sheet of your character in terms of just the basic key things that have happened to them in their lives that have shaped who they are. So if that sounds a bit vague... Just do it for yourself to start off with. As in, like, say if I was doing a bio of me, you know, maybe I'd start 10 years of age, my grandfather died, had a big kind of, you know, my first real mm. kind of wallop of that kind of thing. Very upset. You know, 14, kind of maybe a bit of bullying in school kind of thing. 18, you know, that kind of, mm. you know. And he, instead of going like he was born here and he went to school there and he has two sisters and three... He's, you know, you just be cheated out in terms of key dramatic events, really. I, 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 I can see what you're saying, Danny. I still, to me, I feel that's not what I'd need. Mm. Because if I was writing a scene with you in it, like we're doing now almost, mm. I don't need to know a lot of that stuff still. I need to know other stuff. I need to know, are you the type of person that would interrupt me? And why, if you were to interrupt me, what is that about? Is it actually insecurity that you feel if you're speaking, you're in charge of the situation and you like to be in charge of the situation? That is the sort of things, those sort of, sort of, as if, what I'm talking about is more as if I was your uh, psychiatrist or something and I was writing case notes on you. Yeah. Your, which might include that history mm-hmm. as reasons 
for that mm. but i'm more interested in your behavior what type of person you are what traits you exhibit why you like your the way that you are yeah. that's what i'm in, interested in yeah. and i think i think if you just got the bio you're missing out on that richness which is actually what you need when you get stuck in a corner with your story yeah and i think the most important thing is don't let anything slow you down in terms of if you feel you have to stop and do a character bio and it's stopping you from writing when you want to write. Just, oh, yeah, just continue no, and write. No, no, no. I mean, I'm doing this new... I'm going to need to do this because I was telling you about it. I won't tell the podcast listeners. They'll have to suffer without knowing it. <laughs> I was telling you about this new idea I've been half thinking about. It's all very early, early days. But it's basically a two-hander character piece. I've got to do this because the dynamic between the two main characters in it is everything. Mm. It's the, it's the source of all the comedy and all the drama and, you know, half the plot. So I'm going to need to get into that. Other stories, you might not need. No. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's not one Let's size fits all. Just find the character as you're writing. And then you can rewrite and shape proper. Yeah. How are we doing for time, actually? We're getting near the end, mate. I just want to just check if we answered that question. How do you know you've got there? I think you know when you've got there. Just, just uh, Graham sort of said, how do you know when you've kind of cracked it? So I think when the character starts to write themselves. Yeah, exactly. That's when you know you've yeah, got it. Yeah. You're writing a scene and you know exactly what, um, you know, uh, Alistair yeah. will do. Because yeah. Alistair always does this. He'll come in and he'll start bossing people around and pointing at people and this kind of stuff. So. Exactly. I, and I met an exec yesterday, actually, about a show. It's a kind of well-known, popular kind of kid show. Mm. But he's kind of the guy responsible for the ideas that come through. Yeah. Whatever. And he was just saying, I just know the character so well. Yeah. the lead character I yeah. just know what he will do and won't do yeah. so when the ideas come through he can instantly tell yeah. you know no he wouldn't do that Yeah. and he he doesn't he couldn't explain it and any further he said I know it sounds a bit woolly or a vague kind of thing but it's just an in, innate well, understanding of the character it's good for him the challenge for him is how to communicate that to other writers because they could just saying well they wouldn't do that exactly it's, yeah. it's hard though isn't it mm. Um, I feel there's more work to be done on that, to be fair. I feel yeah, we can like, come back to it, yeah. yeah. I think I might try and knock something up about I'm that. Sure, if I'm going to do it... Didn't we talk about it before? I don't know. If I, if I, I've got to do it to work on my thing. So I might almost put like a bunch of questions that I might ask myself and share those, you know? Well, Similar as you've done. Tony Jordan, when he was de developing Life on Mars, uh, the iconic character of Gene mm. Hunt, mm. he would fill out job interviews. Right. He would apply for jobs right. as Gene well, Real Hunt. jobs. Real jobs with Gene Hunt's philosophy right. as Gene Hunt. So there, some of them would be questions and questionnaires as yeah. well. And he just found it a great exercise. And yeah. so he didn't care what he was saying either. Yeah. Uh, but then he would actually get some replies saying, come in for interview. <laughs> <laughs> like as a security, so, security guard. I was going to say, yeah, not as a nurse or something. <laughs> <laughs> a shop, imagine like, you know, shop assistant. Gosh. Anyway, um, I think we'll have a quick, uh, let me look at the time, folks. I'm a little quick here. All right, okay. Let's just do. Where are we? We're half hour in. All right, okay. So let's, let's just up. let's wrap it up. Let's just do quick speed reviews. Danny. What we've been watching? What we've been watching? I've been watching enjoying. one sort of one sentence reviews. I've been watching Ripper Street on TV. Hey everyone, BBC it's one. got loads of plot holes in it. When I think I think it's good at the time, and then as soon as I start thinking about it, it doesn't make any sense. So does it look like, good? It's got good people in it. Yeah, it's got. Uh, yeah, it does look, it looks good, but a bit cliche. But yeah, it looks good. Matthew McFadden. It looks good. It looks it's, expensive. It's and the guy it just doesn't look, Game it's, it just should be a little bit more cinematic. That's all. Um, you can imagine if they did, period. Like, you can imagine if HBO did it, it would look 
little bit more well, cinematic. I haven't seen the um, any episodes of stuff. I've seen the clips, and it looks it looks quite impressive. Yeah, so, um, and the story's kind of captivating, but it makes you think there must be only be ten people living in London because they all bump into each other all the yes. time, that sort of thing. Okay. Right, go on. Uh, and, and let me do another one, and then we'll finish. Right, I've been watching Anna Karenina, the film. which is like a high energy, like Bleak House. It's like a high energy adaptation. It's like cutting around, moving around, and it's all in this moving theatre where That's it's right. like fake. That looks great. Um, and I watched Zero Dark Thirty. That was not good. And I watched The Imposter. That was great. There you uh, go. That's my review. There you go. Um, we'll go. I've been watching. I saw the first episode of Utopia, Channel 4's miniseries, or special series. I don't think it's going to be an ongoing series. It's kind of a conspiracy thriller, but it's very kind of comic booky, but very dark. Mm. Uh, and it looks amazing and I'm really loving it. I know, I've seen online that some people are like don't care, I'm not tuning back in. But I'm really loving that. Um, I saw the Danish film The Hunt, which we only bring up really because your love of A Royal Affair with yeah. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. This is another Danish film with Mad, Mads Mikkelsen, who's just amazing in everything he does. And in this, he plays kind of like a kindergarten assistant teacher okay. who gets accused of uh, kitty fiddling. Right. <laughs> um, and the impact that that has on the small community that he's okay. in and, and him and how, yeah. how he can clear his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it um, might sound very TV, but it's really... It's really engrossing. And right. Because of him, you just watch him. I know, I know. He's got an interesting face. Um, what else? No, that's it, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it, it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. We ain't got time for nothing else. But, but uh, there you go, folks. Another another month of genius for you. Month. Are we January 2013? And so contact us in the usual ways. Mm. Twitter, UK Scriptwriters. Facebook, UK Scriptwriters. Yes. Email UK Scriptwriters at hotmail.com. Yeah. Or find us on search for UK scriptwriters on iTunes, and you oh, can iTunes. subscribe you to can us there. Subscribe, well, goddamn you! If you're not Apple uh, based and you don't like iTunes, then um, just come to the the uh, UK scriptwriters.podomatic.com to just listen to us on any browser. And uh, you can check out Tim uh, at timclay.com. Yeah. And you can check out me at dannystack.com. And you can check out my short film at originalshortfilm.com. Yeah, good. Or oh, that But yeah, my film's actually on Demonstrator as well. You've got loads of stuff online. Oh, same. Too many. Too, too many. Much. Too many. But there you go. So thank you for listening. And we'll be back again next week. Yeah, see you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye.